0: Hey guys, we're back with episode three of season three of Millennial Mirrors. On this episode, we have Salif Break, who is the founder of the podcast, Let's All Scream, uh, which discusses topics like empathy, putting yourself first, societal expectations, and kind of everything in between. Uh, aside from that, Sah is also the founder of Gravity Gym and the contemporary Asian restaurant Wakame. It's been interesting talking to him considering his journey from being an accounting major who thought he was going to go into kind of like real estate to where he's at today. So yeah, we're going to hear a bit more about his journey. And of course, on the second uh, part of today's episode, he'll be talking to us about the topic of what do you stand for? So listen in and I hope you enjoy it. So welcome, Saleh, to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, yeah. So we're going to be talking about what do you stand for? But this part of the episode, we're kind of just going to dive into Saleh a bit
1: more. Okay. Um, so what's the story of Saleh al Uh 32 32-year-old Emirati mm-hmm. um, turned 32 during Rona time. So let's oh. go back a year. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to count this year uh, yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so So um, born and raised in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Uh, I studied most of my, you know, high school life here, uh, right in the city. Uh, was so thankful to be to even have that experience because I was exposed to so many different cultures that mm-hmm. when I went to uh, study for my university bachelor's degree in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't so much of a culture shock. Yeah, um, and uh, graduated with an accounting and finance degree. Believe it or not, wow, which not a lot of people know. Um, and when people ask me why, yeah. I am I use the typical Arab excuse of because my dad told me to. <laughs> like It's just, it was something where as a 17 year old, I wasn't exposed to um, different facets of the industry. Yeah. And so all I thought was, you know, business. Typical yeah. answer, you know, I wanted to study business. And then my dad uh, being an entrepreneur himself throughout his entire life. Uh, basically told me why don't you do accounting and finance because it's uh, always a good back you can back it's like yeah. a good backdrop in case yeah. uh, you go into any you know uh, what's funny industry
0: my dad tried to push me into doing finance um, as well mm-hmm. and I didn't want to do finance I wanted to do marketing and, and management and he pushed me to doing finance I took two finance classes got two C's and I was like <laughs> I can keep going if you want <laughs> But I mean, it's not looking good for you. For, <laughs> <He's> me, like, <laughs> for me, it was the
1: opposite. So I went in and I, you know, I was good with numbers. Yeah. Uh, and so and I, you know, I was getting OK grades, I would yeah. say. Um, graduated. Uh, and I assumed that I was coming, coming back to work for my dad. He's an entrepreneur. I was going to yeah. work for him. I graduated in 2009, Mm -hmm. which for people who know was the (laughs) worst year. Uh, The financial crisis hit. um, And so, and and my dad's portfolio is, some of it is based in real estate. So that was the hardest hit. So he basically looked at me and was like, well, hey, you're not coming to work with me. And I wasn't ever planning for you to work with me. And I'm like, but wait, I'm the eldest son. (laughs) Like, isn't this supposed to be the protege type thing? And he goes, no, like, um, you know, like you uh, studied on your own. So my dad, I didn't go, I didn't get a scholarship. So my dad paid for the tuition, mm-hmm. but my pocket money, for example, I had to work for it while I was in the UK. Okay. And cool. so my dad's very much like, you know, he he's a first generation entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. um, his, my grandmother was a headmistress of a school and my grandfather was an accountant. Okay. So he was very much like, make something of yourself. Um, and uh, so that mentality came with him like even after I graduated from university and I was like so wait I have to go get a job and he's like yeah I'm like no but this doesn't go with that deeper feeling I had that I had to achieve something how am I <laughs> yeah, going to achieve yeah. something as a, as a graduate trainee got a job uh, at Dubai Aluminium. Mm-hmm. Um, my first job really loved it uh, and the people that were there but throughout the four and a half years, it was quite a while that I spent there. I still felt there was something wrong. Like mm-hmm. I had to be doing something different. And one thing led to the other. and uh, I opened up my first business, which was digital agency, okay, in two thousand and eleven when and then I was twenty three at the time, and then amazing, and then that fell into another thing, and I just started. Um, realizing that I was, entrepreneurship was in my blood. So I started, you know, going into another business and another business, and alhamdulillah, like from 23 to 32, I am no longer an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I realized that uh, comms, communications, PR, digital media was my calling. It was the thing that I I was more passionate about. And so I work full-time at uh, Dubai Tourism mm-hmm. in uh, in campaigns and digital management. But at the same time, I'm the proud co-owner of several businesses that fall under fitness and health f and b digital agency as well, et cetera. So very proud of myself, yeah. for That's finding amazing. it, finding something that I was passionate to do, but i was it was something that was i I was very anxious about at a younger age. Because I just didn't know how to get there. And my dad wasn't going to give me his tips and tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to find it on my own. And so that's how I ended up there. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. I want to know, what did you do for work when you were in the UK? Uh, So I didn't know. So you have to look back. I was a 17 year old. I didn't know what it was like. There's to... a lot of like precursors <laughs> to this story. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was very much clueless as to how to get a job. Okay. Um, You know, obviously, um. Again, coming from this region, we're fortunate enough to have a childhood whereby we're pretty much taken care of, yeah. right? So we don't have those like, um, I would say, I, I I am not street smart at all. So I was thinking to myself, okay, how? So I went to my professor and I asked her, uh, you know, how to do one. And she basically told me that the student union at my university mm-hmm. um, gave jobs to students and had an hourly f- uh, fee um and it was a rotational based so sometimes you do it's based on what they need okay so um i i worked at uh student wages at uh the student uh, grocery store mm-hmm. at the university yeah. the library yeah um and sometimes in the admin as well when it was like um uh, add and drop week etc mm-hmm. with paperwork and stuff yeah. like that but um it was i mean, i realized from that age I think it was very much a wake-up call to myself because while there were others from different nationalities, Mm. but more or less from my own um, background, similar backgrounds, you know, they were from the Middle East. I was looking at, you know, whilst they were in London, Mm. I was outside of London. So I was in a very, uh, I was in Colchester. So it's, for those who know, it's literally off the beaten path. Okay. (laughs) Like I had to, in order to go to my university, I had to hop on a bus that the bus stop was actually in the middle of a cow field. I'm not lying. Amazing. Uh, it was really cool. It was cool. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, going to London, visiting my friends who were yeah. studying there, it was just a different life completely f- for sure. For yeah. anyone who's, who's familiar, even with the city, um, you know, going out and everyone was obviously had their own cars. And yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm back in Colchester, <laughs> uh, you know, using my student uh, pass uh, yeah. for free bus rides. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it humbled me to be yeah. honest. It, uh, it, It introduced me to a whole different uh, side of myself that I never knew existed, and it really brought me down to the point where I needed to be brought down. Mm. Um, My family is middle class, uh, considering here Mm. as a UAE national, Um, but when I had, but a middle class, you know, living in the UK is still a different construct. So for me, it was such a humble experience that I never regretted, and um, and I took that learnings with me here. Um yeah I think
0: it's 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 always interesting because I I have friends who are on both ends of the spectrum when it came to studying abroad. Yeah. Like I was given barely any pocket money. I I worked in the computer labs um okay. when I was in university in the international computer labs because all my friends are internationals. Mm-hmm. So That just basically meant that I'd hang out with my friends (laughs) and get paid for it and get paid for it (laughs) because I'd be behind the reception desk and they'd be all coming in (laughs) because like they needed to do their work. So that was kind of what I did. But like I have friends who were, you know, they got the car, they got all that kind of stuff. And they had that college experience, which was basically very similar to their home experience. Mm -hmm. And then I had friends on the other spectrum who were like, yeah, no, you you need a job. You need all that kind of stuff. I was not allowed a car. My dad made it very clear. You're there to study. Um, and I was in Richmond, uh, yeah. Virginia. So it wasn't like London. It wasn't like a city where you can get around. Yeah. So if I didn't have a car, that meant I was stuck on campus. <laughs> Third year, the campus instituted a university van that would take you downtown, okay. which was great. But uh, up to then, it was, yeah, I was pretty much trapped. Like my, like I would, I knew my, I had like few friends who were like road tripping and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, nope, not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just in
1: on campus going to the campus cinema. <laughs> <laughs> How far is that by foot? <laughs>
0: right exactly right Every, oh man, we were in a valley too so there was no walking out but yeah. anyway so you do many things at the same time what's like I would say the red
1: thread or the one thing that connects all the things that you do Um, so one thing I realized is when I had so I grew when I okay going back to it when I was in high school went to an all boys school um Mostly Emiratis, like ninety percent mm-hmm. of the school, and uh, it was a school where basically there were members of the royal family. Uh, it's a it's a well known school here mm-hmm. in Dubai, um, and so you know it was a, different classes of of UAE nationals as well. So again, talking about that pre humble phase, um, I was very much realizing, okay, so these are. Um, different types of, you know, Imanatis, for example. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, there's this, there's this, there's this. I went abroad and and the humble experience came and then I realized, you know, okay, we have the, um, we have, I come from Dubai, I have all these different cultures that I'm exposed to and I have all these different identities. But then when I come to, when I went to the UK, I realized that um, there was even more that I could learn. And so immediately in my head, I thought about, okay, so these are different Communities. So every place has its own community, whether it's a friend, whether it's family, whether it's um, just acquaintances. Um, and so I spent about four four full years in the UK before coming back to the UAE. And I can say I was a changed person. I was a changed man. I came back, and um, immediately, what I wanted when I came back was because um, in my university we didn't have a lot of Emiratis per se, mm. so. I wanted to just connect with my community. I, yeah. I left them <laughs> in yeah. high school, and so I wanted to come back to Dubai and I wanted to see them again. And I realized that in the span of four years, maybe I was, uh, uh, maybe it was because I was looking through um, these you know rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. And I, I came back, and now I'm seeing things for the way they are in people as individuals rather than anything. And so what happened was I got my first job. I went in, and I and the, my surrounding were Emiratis, and then. My colleague, I found out, was, um, was uh, you know, um, yes, he was an accountant with me in my mm. same department, but he was also inspired with music. He loved the Oud. Mm. Um, I had another friend, she loved singing. And they're all Emiratis. So I yeah. thought to myself, I was like, that's actually pretty cool. Um, and I said, you know what? Um, the whole idea of finding your tribe or finding a community was very mm. important to me because I felt like... Uh, no matter how different we each are, we all have we all have something to benefit each other. We're right. all a community at the end of the day. If you look at it from a global perspective, or even from a a neighborhood perspective, so I think going back to the question, the thing that I, ties in everything I've ever done was the fact of community and bringing people together. Um, when it comes to the FNB side, um, my my brother champions this. He's mm. the foodie. Okay, but um. He came to me and and I am a social person. So he came to me and he was like, okay, so I have this concept and I'm passionate about food and I know my food's good. Mm-hmm. I just need people to come. And you like creating communities. So right. I need you to get me this community. And so that's, um, I realized that, I don't even know if that's a skill you can write on your CV. Mm-hmm. But that's what I used to do. It's I had to start... um. Uh, understanding different communities, understanding different individuals, relating. Mm. And so I just exposed myself to a lot of people. I was networking and through this um, made me passionate about the f business. So, okay. you know, cause that's at the end of the day, what you do is you bring communities together and share stories and share cultures. And then my best friend who champions the uh, fitness and wellness in mm-hmm. the gyms, he wanted to open gyms. And I just thought to myself, I was like, that's a whole, for me, I got excited. Yeah. I was like, that's a whole different community i can find and belong to and and just connect with them and it just kind of even even the digital media the agency the same thing um it it's you meet the creatives right yeah, the yeah. the the artists and the singers and i think that's something that just drives my passion It's just anytime i think about any concept i just think to myself is this going to bring people together and is this for the better community it's something that's intangible but it's just so meaningful for me and that's what i like
0: my conspiracy theory mind thinks you're fattening them up in your fnb concepts and then sending them to your gym to work out putting them in that cycle
1: i I was saving that for my ted talk
0: but you stole my line
1: Uh, but you know what it's literally actually i tell that to everyone i tell so when i tell people they're like what are you into and i and i tell them and then before they say it i'm just like Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I make you gain weight in on one side. and I make you lose the weight on the other side. It's a vicious cycle. I know. But hey, someone's got to make money. Um, but yeah. at the end of the day, um, it's just so funny. If, if you ask me, my first ever concept was, mm-hmm. or my first ever um, company that I founded was ThinkUp. So mm-hmm. it was a homegrown digital agency, but it was also a creative uh, agency as well. And I was 23. And it's because of my colleagues that I opened it. I, I didn't actually think it was a company. I started it as a website. Okay. What I was doing was I was just interviewing homegrown talent. That's okay. all. So I would, I would, you know, I and how did that come about? Because I would Google it. I was like, okay, uh, Dubai uh, violinist. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't find anything on Google. Um, uh, uh, Emirati chef. Yeah, I don't find anything. And this is again back in 2011. Yeah. So, um, and then obviously there were things that when I asked, you know, like um, if I'm looking for an Emirati chef, for example, they're like, you want a male Emirati chef? No, nah, that's taboo. Where are you going to find one? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, they're there. I know. Yeah, yeah. And so what happened was I, I made business cards and I called myself a talent scout. Ooh. And so I would give it out to people and I'd be like, I want to I, I interview you. That's all I want. Yeah. I want to create a website. I want to create a Google for homegrown talent. It doesn't have to be Emirati. I just need them to be from this region, yeah. if not the UAE. Um, because I was tired of, you know, going down Sheikh Zayed Road and seeing, um, you know, movie stars on mm-hmm. posters when we have uh, talent, uh, yeah. talented people here that could have designed that poster, that could have featured in that poster, yeah. that could have created something beautiful for the region. So why are we just outsourcing? You know, we can just do it yeah. from uh, crowdsourcing from home. Yeah. And so agree. that's what happened. It started off as a website. And then a year later, or a year and a half later, a company was like, oh, I saw you interviewed this person. Can we use them for an ad? And I'm like, ah, oh, OK. So I would introduce them. Mm-hmm. Six months later, then I was then the more requests were coming. So two years down the line, people were actually contracting us to source homegrown uh, creative people, whether it was. It could it could be it, it was even actually to a point where they wanted entrepreneurs. They're like, do you have a list of entrepreneurs? So we became a database. Oh wow! And then our third and fourth year is where we kind of found our our groove, whereby we were um, developing campaigns for people. So we sat with the likes of Coca Cola and these guys. Like alhamdulillah, like mm. the team was just a bunch of twenty year old twenty year old you know Dubai residents, Emiratis, yeah. and the like. And we were telling companies how to connect with. UAE people. Yeah. which was the beautiful part. And then again, that's how the community thing uh, went into that. So I completely agree with what you said. So out of all the things you've done, what gives you the most fulfillment? Out of everything, I think the main thing is I know I have as an entrepreneur, I know I have each each company is like my 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 child. So I, you know cuz I I made them I saw when they were literally empty and we had to literally <laughs> like even in the gym we yeah. had to literally fix the equipment ourselves. But I think the most fulfillment I get is actually my day job. Um oh, okay. I know it cool. sounds it sounds it sounds weird but for me so my job in Dubai tourism is and the only reason why so you know maybe people are asking okay so he has businesses why work a full-time job. Mm-hmm. I was called for the fact of my um community focus so mm-hmm. the ceo of dubai tourism sam Kadam, uh, uh called and and he was basically you know he was like so you're the think up guy that's what i used to be called <laughs> before the before the other entities came and so he's like you're this guy and i'm like yeah he goes um i think i have something for you that will be you'd be interested and my job at the moment is i lead a department i report to a director but i lead a team of 10 young uh, UAE residents, Mm -hmm. uh, Emiratis, Bahrainis, a mix. And our entire mandate as a department is um, we look for content creators globally to showcase our home. And um, I'm so proud of the community as as an Arab, not just as a Dubai resident, but Mm -hmm. as an Arab, that my job specifically goes to addressing misconceptions in this region through content creators from global markets. So I have worked with YouTubers Mm -hmm. and people on Instagram, sometimes even we celebrities. A content creator can be anyone that has a phone, basically. So we are journalists. And our main role is how do we um, amplify our message of who we are as an Arab society? Because Sheikh Mohammed his his vision has never been just a Dubai vision. He does things for the you know even the Hope Mars mission. It mm-hmm. was for the Arab world. Very much it's that's uh, it has we have a synergy in our team whereby we're here representing us um, as a community. And so if my job, I actually tell people if if my job going every day is to be an ambassador for my home and for for my society for my community, it's the best job ever. It's 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 difficult. It's tricky. You can sometimes get into a bit of a sticky situation yeah. because people, you know, ask everything under the sun and have all types of viewpoints about mm-hmm. this region and about this place. Uh, but um, having that light switch on, what's the hardest misconception you think that like what's the hardest misconception to fix? I think one of the main things is, um, they believe that, or when I say they, I would say those who perhaps have the most questions about uh, the region is that they say that uh, the region ha- or th- this specific place has no soul. Mm. That hits <laughs> me the most because I'm just like, but I was like, but every human has a soul. But they're like, no, and 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 being devil's advocate, what they what people see on traditional media right now mm-hmm. is. Like you, you know, the the Hope Mars mission, the the Burj Khalifa, the yeah. the billion dollar oil industry, uh, the PR you know, the PR stunts yeah. that go global. Um, you know, uh, we 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 end up some of the you know the GCC countries end up buying companies from abroad. So they see oh, that's all they see is they yeah. see the superficial side, the artificial side. So when I get questioned, and they say that 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 one thing where they say, uh, you know, but you guys have no soul. That's the main thing that gets to me. And that's actually the trickiest because in their mind, it's similar to all of us when we get programmed with things while we grow up and we hear things. Um, uh, you know, whether it's traditional media, whether it's movies, or whether how they perceive Arabs, yeah, for example, yeah. in the in, in, in Softly, the media world, yeah. um uh it's very hard to change that mindset because their mind's already done. They're just yeah. here to debate. Yeah, they're yeah, not yeah. here to to change their minds. So I've had people that I've hosted myself that maybe didn't leave with a different perspective, mm-hmm. but um, but I think that's the most thing that's the trickiest for us to do, and that I try to uh, teach my team um, how to answer, what to answer, but honestly, just to be very honest in their approach, because obviously, if you're yeah, if you're yeah, if you're familiar, <laughs> yeah, for, if you're yeah, familiar yeah. with the region, um, very much has a soul.
0: Okay. Um, looking at your life now, how is it different than what you expected?
1: Um, growing up, I thought to myself I would be, you know, my dad's retired now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's uh 62. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh I assumed I was gonna sit on his seat. I actually thought yeah. I was gonna sit on his seat and be in real estate. Um yeah surprise i know still know nothing about real estate <laughs> <laughs> and i'm 32 uh but i i actually thought i thought that you know i'm this is this is my 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 path and this is where i'm going and that's where i'm going to be and uh, and that's the type of person i i thought i was expected to be um but definitely derailed uh my brother who is my so, uh, he's the second one um uh, i'm the eldest and so he he's surprisingly now heading that okay so he took this st- he took okay. the position of my dad and after seeing how um stressed he is i am so glad <laughs> it didn't play out the way that i wanted it to be uh, but yeah definitely it it took a different turn but for the best alhamdulillah
0: alhamdulillah and so our topic for this episode is what do you stand for and whenever i bring a guest on for an episode i get asked why did you bring this guest or what makes them qualified to speak about the topic And rather than answer on behalf of the guests, I'm like, why do you think you can speak on the topic of what do you stand for?
1: I think from my experience specifically, coming from this region, growing up in Dubai, being exposed to a lot of different cultures, going outside, going through that humble experience, coming back, creating things from scratch you know, um, finding myself in the process and then getting to a point of where I am today, it definitely wasn't easy, but I know I have something to say. I know that after 32 years, I definitely um, have earned my place (laughs) in, in, in today's society. And so you can't help but not stand for something after going through you know, turbulations and and the struggles that you go through in different aspects of your uh, of your life. So, um, so yes, I I definitely think whether it's my um, career background or whether it's just even on a personal background coming from uh, coming from here, that I think that uh, I I do deserve to stand for something, and I do. <laughs> okay,
0: great. <laughs> Well, we're going to end the episode there. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me. No, um, we're, you. of course, going to continue to do the second part. So thanks, for everyone, for listening. You guys can find all the links on where to find out more about Salah in the episode description. You can also hear the rest of our discussion about what you stand for on Wednesday. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you are listening. If you're not already, so not to miss anything. As always, I love your comments, uh, messages, suggestions, everything. Keep it coming. And uh, this is Mishai Onese signing out. Bye, guys.